A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to this episode of La Liga Lowdown. I'm your host, Jim McTeer, and in this episode, we're not going to be talking about a player. We're not going to be talking about a coach. We're not even going to be talking about one club. In this episode, we're going to be telling the story of a stadium. It's the Estadio de la Cartuja in Seville, the stadium with capacity for 57,600 that will be hosting the next four Copa del Rey finals. Of course, we'll begin with the stadium's beginnings, and we do so the Estadio de la Cartuja hasn't got a great history like many other stadiums in Spain. In fact, it's only over 20 years old, as it was first inaugurated back in the 5th of May of 1999. That was during an international friendly match between Spain and Croatia, in which the home team won by three goals to one. Although one of its biggest moments was probably hosting the 1999 World Championship in Athletics in August, just a few months after its inauguration. Its own marathon runner Abel Anton win a gold medal in front of his home crowd. So as you may imagine, it has a running track. Although that's something that might change in the near future due to the much needed remodeling process it will go through to host the future Copa del Rey finals. This stadium was designed by Antonio Cruz and Antonio Ortiz, founders of Cruz y Ortiz Arquitectos. Their names might not sound too familiar, but they're better known in football for designing the Wanda Metropolitano, Atlético de Madrid stadium since 2017. To give you some more details about La Cartuja, it has a football pitch that measures 105 meters long by 68 meters wide, and it also has a roof that covers all the seated spectators. But that same roof is what caused the stadium to shut down in 2018, when it was being used more for concerts rather than sports events. A problem was detected, but nobody was willing to pay millions for its reparation, so it was left to rot. Until now. It originally cost 125 million euros, all that said to have been public money. A large amount which was put in for various reasons. First of all, for its Olympic aspirations. It was actually known as Estadio Olímpico de la Cartuja during many years because Sevilla aimed to host the 2004 Olympics. But the truth is they got discarded in the first round. And then the exact same thing happened in their hopes of hosting the 2008 Olympics. The second reason for its cost was the fact that the stadium was supposed to become home for both Betis and Sevilla, with a similar agreement to what Milan and Inter have, for example, at San Siro. Board members of the Andalusian clubs approved, so the stadium needed to please both sets of fans. But 
I'll let Paco Polite give you more details on that matter. What I can say is that both clubs still have a 3% share altogether on the stadium's worth and that none of them currently play there. But another hefty investment will be necessary to improve its facilities, including the previously mentioned damaged roof and other aspects such as an increase in capacity. So why might it be so costly? In part, it has to do with its location, La Isla de la Cartuja. It's within Spain's mainland, in the province of Sevilla, but it's called an island because it's surrounded by the Guadalquivir River and one of its branches which flows back around it. But not encircling it fully, so it's technically not an island as it's not completely isolated by water from the mainland. So any further construction or modification to the stadium has to take into account the water table underneath the stadium that could pose problems and further costs. Although it's been said that a concrete structure was built to avoid these kind of setbacks and to allow future expansions. There could be further expansions, but to be honest, it was expected that any further expansions would have been completed by now. You see, when this stadium was built, there was a dream in the mind of some of having one state-of-the-art stadium for both of the Seville clubs. That never quite happened, and as Roman mentioned, we're going to hear from Paco Pollitt, who's going to explain why. If there's something you definitely need to know when you visit the south of Spain, it's that Sevilla and Real Betis are two items that shouldn't be ever mixed together. Like, ever. Agua y aceite, water and oil as we often say. We're talking about one of the strongest, most established rivalries not only in Spain, but also in Europe as a whole. And regardless, showing absolutely zero interest in such tribal rivalries and showing 100% naivety, the boards of both clubs decided to move forward with the building of the stadium by signing on an agreement that would mean that La Cartuja would be the ground used by the clubs as their home for from 1999 onwards. This idea originally came from the city's town hall and also the Junta de Andalucía, the government of the region, and even the Spanish government. Everybody agreed that the move would benefit both financially and sports-wise both sides. After all, clubs such as Roma and Lazio, or Inter and Milan, had been successfully sharing their ground in Italy for quite a few decades. Rafael Carrión was the president of Sevilla at the time, and the well-known Manuel Ruiz de Lopera was in charge of the board in Heliopolis. We should remember that during the years following up to the opening of the new stadium, both sides were struggling with quite serious financial problems. In Sevilla's case, Popular pressure from their fan base and a few political moves allowed them to remain in Primera División in summer 1995, even though they had been unable to meet the financial requirements held by the competition. This, alongside a similar event which took place in Vigo, had as a result a 22-club first division for the next two seasons. However, Sevilla were fatally wounded and they would eventually get relegated in summer 1997. It was at that point possibly one of the lowest the club had found themselves in that the agreement with Real Betis and the city's power that be was signed. But, you know, no bad streak lasts forever. And that's why Sevilla were able to climb back to La Liga two years later, in summer 1999, and only a few weeks after the official opening of La Cartuja. At that point in time, Real Betis were also in a better financial spot than a few years before. 
Soon the boards of both clubs realized they had made a big mistake by signing the documents that would bind two antagonistic organizations to a ground they didn't recognize as their own. 1999 was a turning point for the facility. Suddenly, the two clubs which had contractually agreed to host games in that ground didn't want to do it. Fans regarded such a move as a travesty because of their fondness towards their traditional grounds, the distance they would have to cover in order to move to the new stadium, between 6 and 11 kilometers away from both grounds, and especially having to share something so precious as their home with their bitter enemies from the other end of the city. Therefore, both fan bases pressured Sevilla and Betis to remain in Sancho Tijuan and Benito Villamarín. So the 1999-2000 season came along and nobody showed up at La Cartuja's gates. After the Athletics World Championships in summer, no atmosphere, no roaring sounds would come out of the stands. In August 22, 1999, Sevilla played their opening game that season against Real Sociedad. A 2-2 final score in an exciting game played at Estadio Ramón Sánchez Pizjuán. One week later, match day 2, August 29th, another draw with no goals, this time between Real Betis and Deportivo La Coruña in a quite boring game played at Estadio Benito Villamarín. The not-so-brilliant idea of making Sevilla and Betis to coexist inside the same facility had utterly failed. La Cartuja's existence after the Athletics World Championship was therefore rendered moot. After all, what can you actually use an expensive world-class stadium for when nobody wants to play there? It's a good question, Paco, and one that we'll be answering in part two of this podcast. The Estadio de la Cartuja never did become home to Real Betis and Sevilla, but it has been used for a few different purposes during its two decades of existence. We'll go into detail on what exactly it has been used for after this short break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hello and welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown podcast all about the Cartuja Stadium in Seville. We heard in part one about how the plans for Real Betis and Sevilla to ground share at this stadium fell apart. So what has the Cartuja been used for over the years? Here's Matt Clark to lay out a timeline of the major events held there. Estadio de la Cartuja was constructed as an athletic stadium and opened in 1999. Seville was the host city for the 1999 World Athletics Championships and also had the National Championships, effectively as a dress rehearsal. The stadium was also a key part of the proposal to host the 2004 and then 2008 Olympic Games, which was unfortunately unsuccessful for Spain. As Colin Miller notes in his book The Frying Pan of Spain, Seville became only the second European city after Glasgow to have three separate stadiums with a capacity of over 40,000 each when La Cartuja was constructed. Despite it being an athletic stadium, the very first event it hosted was a football match. In May 1999, Spain hosted Croatia in the inaugural match at La Cartuja. Davor Šuker became the first player to score inside the stadium after he gave Croatia the lead inside 10 minutes, but Spain recovered to win 3-1. The Spanish national team has had a total of four matches there, most of them in its early years. In November 1999, Argentina were the visitors as Marcelo Bielsa's side won 2-0 and Mauricio Pochettino was on the score sheet, scoring his first of only two senior international goals for La Albi Celeste. A year later, the Dutch came to town, but Spain lost again as Fernando Hierro scored but then got himself sent off in the space of 10 mad minutes. The 2-1 defeat was notable though for a couple of young debutants. Cales Puyol and Xavi Hernández both earned their first caps in this friendly at La Cartuja. Over a decade passed before Spain played there again. It was June 2012 and La Roja's final game on home soil before heading off to the Euros in Poland and Ukraine to defend their crown as reigning Euro and world champions. Vicente del Bosque's side struggled to break down a stubborn Chinese rearguard, but a late breakthrough from David Silva saw them jet off with a confidence boost. Iniesta salió en la segunda parte y revolucionó el juego de España. El 6 de la selección dio una auténtica exhibición en la cartuja. Nada más salir su objetivo fue el meta Senchen, al que avisó con un espectacular remate al larguero. Antes de realizar el jugadón de la noche, un slalom por la izquierda que culminó dándole un gol hecho a David Silva. Being a purpose-built athletic stadium, the 1999 games are surely the biggest event to be held at La Cartuja. In August 99, the stadium was the centerpiece for the seventh World Championships. The most notable fact about these games is the world record set by Michael Johnson in the 400 meters inside the stadium. Remarkably, this record stood for 17 years before being broken in the Rio Olympics. And here comes Johnson, running superbly around the bend as always. He's going to take the lead. Jerome Young in USA is second to Perella. But Johnson is stretching away from this field. Michael Johnson with Jerome Young in second place. All the runners close up behind him. But Michael Johnson is going away. Away from this field he goes. And he wins it. Perella comes through for second. Cardenas is third as Jerome Young ties up. And he's done it. He's got that world record. Michael Johnson... There was also home success too. For the men, Abel Anton won gold in the marathon, Iago Lamela took silver in the long jump, and Reyes Estevez won gold in the 1500 meters. 
For the women, Njurka Montalvo set a national record as she struck gold in the long jump to cap off a successful time for Spain and the city of Seville. In addition to athletics, Estadio de la Cartuja has hosted big domestic and European finals in its lifespan. It has attained a four-star rating by UEFA, the highest available, and has provisions for multifaceted media requirements with high-level audiovisual infrastructure, private boxes and reception rooms, as well as multiple changing rooms and doping control rooms, in addition to having a four-star hotel within its confines. The first final held there was the 1999 Copa del Rey, as Claudia Ranieri's Valencia beat Atletico Madrid 3-0. Two years later, La Copa returned to the stadium, as Real Zaragoza came from behind to beat Celta Vigo. 2003 was another landmark moment for La Cartuja, as it hosted the UEFA Cup final between Celtic and Porto. Jose Mourinho's side hold on, and they win the UEFA Cup. In this meeting of two sides who have been European champions before, it is Porto who come out on top in Seville. The Portuguese side prevailed 3-2, but extra time was needed. Plenty of protagonists from the game will be familiar to La Liga fans. The victorious coach was a certain Jose Mourinho, as he won his first European silverware and began to get noticed across Europe. As for the players, Henrik Larsson of Celtic and Deco of Porto would both make the move to Barcelona the following summer, while Ricardo Carvalho followed Mourinho first to Chelsea and then to Real Madrid in 2010. At different times, Seville-based clubs Real Betis and Sevilla have also been forced to play there due to sanctions banning them from their own home grounds, albeit temporarily. Tennis has also got in on the act, with the Davis Cup being held there in 2004 and 2011. La Cartuca must have a lucky charm about it, because Spain won both tournaments. Vamos con esa ola de partido. Hacemos piña, Tomás, también. Sí, me claro. ¿Eh? Como los jugadores españoles. Ahí está el ataque. Ahí se acabó. Rafa acaba de conquistar el punto definitivo. Por lo tanto, España por quinta vez se proclama campeón de la Copa Davis. And it's not just sport which has been showcased at La Cartuja. Some of the world's most renowned musicians have appeared there. From Madonna to Bruce Springsteen, a plethora of talent has performed at the stadium. In 2010, U2 played in front of a sellout crowd of over 76,000 people. It's true then that La Cartuja is in many ways the forgotten stadium, but some of its earlier glory days reminds us all of its potential for a much better and brighter future. Of course, it was recently announced that the next four Copa Finals will also be held at La Cartuja, which is a huge boost to a city which had only ever hosted four Copa Finals before. Renovation plans were also announced to bring the stadium and its facilities right up to date. The biggest change, certainly from an aesthetical point of view, will be the removal of the running track. This will allow for the fans to be closer to the action and for it to feel more like a football stadium 
both in appearance and in atmosphere. These changes will not be ready for the 2020 final, which has of course already been postponed due to the coronavirus pandemic, but are scheduled to be completed in time for the 2021 final. With the Copa del Rey final set to be held at La Cartuja in 2020, 2021, 2022 and 2023, it's certainly going to be in use quite a bit over the next few years and it should bring major benefits to the city of Seville in terms of tourism. Whenever the 2020 final does get played, Seville can of course expect a Basque invasion and the arrival of thousands of fans with money to spend and beer to drink. But what do the locals in Seville think of this stadium in general? To find out, let's hear from our Seville-based correspondent, Gregor Chappell. Well, I mean, if you're in Seville, the Cartuja is always something that'll get opinions from people in Sevilla, if I'm honest. The stadium and the area itself are seen as a bit of a white elephant in Seville. The stadium cost around 120 million euros when it was constructed back in 1999. So people aren't really happy about that. It was dubbed the Cartuja Olympic Stadium with the idea of it being open for the 2004 Olympics, which weren't even awarded to Seville yet. And the Games were finally awarded to Athens, meaning that the Olympico part of the name was totally redundant. And stadium didn't even meet the requirements for an Olympic stadium in the end. So it's for these reasons that many people in Sevilla see this project as a bit of a farce. They see it as a money-making, a way to make money for many big wigs and businessmen. And, you know, they see it as just a badly planned, short-sighted project which cost millions and didn't really come anywhere near fulfilling the vision that Seville had for it. Also, as a football venue, when you speak to anyone here... Um, who likes their football, they'll tell you they just don't like a stadium with a running track around it. It detracts so much away from the atmosphere of the game, especially given that the atmospheres that can be generated at Sevilla and Betis' stadiums are so special because they're so close to the stadium, they're so, and the fans are so close to the pitch, sorry. It's such an intimate atmosphere. The idea of Betis and Sevilla playing there was obviously not well received, probably partly for this reason, the running track However, I mean, the running track is being removed for the Copa del Rey finals that are coming up, as we already know. So I think that might change people's minds on the stadium a little bit, might um, be a positive thing, get them get them kind of more on side with the project. And, you know, it's only had a spattering of events over the years. The UEFA Cup final, 2003, Davis Cup final, a couple of Copa del Rey finals, few big concerts, but, you know, nothing that people really feel have, has justified the construction cost of the stadium and the annual upkeep and how like, it's got such a low profitability as well. They see it as a massive black hole for public fun- funds that co- costs the, the city millions and millions of euros every year. And, you know, people, when you speak to someone who isn't really into sports, they'll tell you that it holds the odd concert, but they'll really see it as the, one of the main venues in the city. It's almost been forgotten about in that sense. And a lot of public feeling is that they're not really sure what to do with this stadium. There's a phrase in the South... Um, which is used to talk about the Cartuja in Spanish, which is uh, Boyaque, which loosely translated means, well, we're here now, we've built this, so we might as well try and get some use out of it somehow. And this is why the reaction here has actually been quite positive um, from a lot of people in the area with when they hear the news that they've been given these Copa del Rey finals, because, you know, they are getting use out of it now. It justifies its price tag a little bit more, and its existence, even if only a little bit. And when you ask people about the stadium itself, many describe it as a little bit of an eyesore. In my one visit, out of curiosity, not for an event, 
I saw it, it was very derelict, some overgrown plants, you know. It really gave the impression that it hadn't been used for a while and almost had been forgotten about a little bit. So giving it these finals is a really positive move, I think, for the city, for people's opinion about the stadium. I think people see it, as I saw it, not a particularly pleasing sight and a little bit sad, almost. But, I mean, I'm sure the state, the city council will be hoping that bringing the Copa del Rey final here will start to dispel this kind of feeling that the area is a bit, in the stadium, are a bit useless. And people, hopefully as well, I think, will be hoping that this will bring a bit of revenue in and it might get the area and the stadium itself again a little bit of a revamp. So, really, overall, the people of Seville definitely need a little bit of convincing that the Cartuja is a worthwhile investment. But the Copa del Rey final is a good start. I see it as a really positive thing. And they'll be hoping that this is the start of change on the public opinion of the stadium. So, the Cartuja is a very interesting stadium. Often, it's Spain's forgotten stadium, a venue that holds so few events and costs so much money that it was always going to be frowned upon. As Gregor just said, it hasn't done enough for the people to feel it has justified the construction costs and the upkeep costs. Let's hope the four Copa del Rey finals in a row can spark it back into life. We'll have to wait and see if it can. Be sure to let us know on Twitter what you think about La Cartuja and about the stadium being given the four Copa del Rey finals in a row. If you've been, be sure to let us know what your opinion of it is. Remember, we're on Twitter under the name La Liga Lowdown. You can also follow each of this episode's contributors that's Roman de Arcare, Paco Pollitt, Matt Clark, and Gregor Chappell. I've been your host, Hugh McTeer, and thanks very much for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.